in 2001, an event struck that united us as a nation. Jay and Silent Bob strike back? No. 9-11? No. The Yankees losing the World Series? No. I'm talking about the launch of HomestarRunner.com. Oh, holy crap. How could I forget? (laughs) The web series that brought us all together closer for one last moment. Everybody? Everybody. Hello, and welcome to another fantabulous episode of the OST Party. This is a movie soundtrack podcast where movie fans and music fans get together and have a rocking good time talking about all of our favorite soundtracks. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I'll be your host for this evening. Here with me tonight, as always, is my lovely and belligerent co-host, Libby Cudmore. Libby, how do you be so short? (laughs) This is... This was a, this is a fun wormhole to go back down. I think we needed this right now, really. Tonight on the show, we are discussing the. Uh, <clears throat> it's kind of hard to call it a soundtrack, but I mean, it basically is. It's we're talking about the music of HomestarRunner.com. So, so how are you, Joe? Oh, I'm I'm doing great. Just uh, sitting back in quarantine, watching some new movies. How are you? How are you? I'm I'm all right. Sitting back in quarantine, watching some old movies. Oh, which is really? Fun. What have, you, what have you been watching lately? We watched the film Joystick, starring Joe Don Baker, and wow. it was honestly the most delightful thing I've seen in forever. We should do the soundtrack to that. That's one of those, like, uh, like Porky's knockoffs, isn't it? Something like that. I like to think of it more like Footloose. Oh, okay. So. Like Footloose, but with video games? I could, I could get into that. Yeah, and titties everywhere. Mm, sign me up. And Joe Don Baker. Sign me up. <laughs> So what about you? What have you been watching? Last night, I watched a brand new movie. came out uh, just recently. And I want to read to you some of the songs that were featured in this movie, because this is the kind of thing we do now. I pay attention to songs in movies now. So I want to read to you some of these song titles, and I want you to see if you can guess what new movie I'm talking about. Okay? Okay. It starts with California Love by Dr. Dre and Tupac. Also features One by Three Dog Night. Also features... Tick, Tick, Boom, performed by Sage the Gemini. A weird chase sequence scored to uh, Outcast Bombs Over Baghdad. And also features uh, DJ Khaled's All I Do Is Win. Libby, can you guess what's, what movie this is? I'm going to guess either Sonic the Hedgehog or an unreleased Deadpool. <laughs> Both very good, uh, very good. Very astute choices. But no, these. this is the soundtrack to the brand new film Scoob, which is a Scooby-Doo uh, origin story slash Hanna-Barbera universe uh, Kickstarter. Oh, Christ. And those words just terrify me. Rock me to my core. Oh, boy. All, I, all I'll say is, like, if you have ever been a fan of Scooby-Doo, you might enjoy it. I don't see how any child born before, you know, 2005 is going to enjoy it because honestly, like a major part of this movie is a robot dog voiced by Kim Jong and 
I mean, nobody has heard of Dino Mutt in 40 years, and I don't know why they put him at the center of this movie. I have completely lost the whole sense of what you are even talking about. That just all went right over my head, and I am nearing 40. I'm closer to 40 than I am to 20. I mean, like, uh, like, am I having a stroke and just saying nonsense words right now? I think you are. Because it feels like That actually (laughs) sounds worse than the Scooby-Doo scene we saw in... Uh, our last episode, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which was scored to Magic Carpet oh. Ride. Oh, absolutely. And at least that one appreciated how kind of hacky and weird Scooby-Doo already was. And this cartoon like tried everything it could possibly do to make Scooby-Doo seem cool. Oh, Christ. But, and, but speaking of Jay and Silent Bob, uh, yes. do you have our poll? Uh, so our last episode was on the soundtrack to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. We put on Twitter... A poll asking you what was the best song from that soundtrack. With forty three percent of the vote, Afro Man's "Because I Got High" won that poll. I can't believe y'all disrespected the time like that. The song we didn't even talk about because we said it was too stupid to talk about. <laughs> y'all said was the best on the soundtrack. <laughs> Fuck us, I guess, right? I guess so. Uh, <laughs> the Times Jungle Love came in at thirty six percent. A respectable second place. Yeah, kick some ass at fourteen percent. Mm-hmm. And 7% of you picked Jay's rap, which was the joke entry. You weren't supposed to pick that one. That was us <laughs> fucking with you. But I guess you just fucked with us right back. Yeah, it's, so it's like go. when people voted for Brexit because they thought it was a joke. Yeah, so <laughs> there we go. Good Lord. So let's talk about Homestar Runner <clears throat> yes. for a sec. So I... Hopefully, everyone who's listening to this podcast knows Homestar Runner. If you don't, go check it out because it's amazing. It was created in 2000 by Mike and Matt Chapman, a.k.a. the Brothers Chaps, with Mike doing most of the voice work. And every week, they would upload a cartoon. Sometimes they were strong, bad emails. Sometimes they were cartoons around the cast of Homestar Runner. and Lots of holiday-themed cartoons yes, as well. Yes, with a lot of clickable content, a lot of Easter eggs, a lot of things that you spent time on the site sort of digging through. And I don't think I can overstate the importance of this to people between the ages of, let's say, 27 to 37. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you're between the ages of, like, 30 and 40... It's a pretty good chance you're familiar with Homestar Runner. You are not only familiar with it, it was, for a time, your religion. It's something that's, like, ingrained in all of us. And I guess the best way to really explain what Homestar Runner is, is it's essentially the Internet's version of Looney Tunes. Yeah, that's actually a really good way to describe it. It's it's very much sort of the the Looney Tunes of the Internet. It's all Flash animation. I guess nowadays they do do it a little bit differently. But... uh, just simple, goopy little cartoons, very referential, like 80s and 90s pop culture jokes, but not like family guy-esque humor. It's more gentle and more kind of obscure to the point where the joke is the fact that they're saying it at all. Yeah, it's, as we said, very surreal, very strange, and very much in its own world. Yeah, and, and part of the fun of watching Homestar Runner over the years is watching how they flesh out that world from cartoon to cartoon like they will like jokes and and characters will build from one short to the next until all of a sudden you have this fully fleshed out universe 
of not just like the main cast of characters, but then like alternate universes of those characters. Yeah, they did old timey versions. They they built a character Hamsar off a typo. <laughs> Yes. In one of the Strong Bad emails, they've done anime versions. They've done puppet versions. Yeah, the Twitter account, uh, I guess Strong Bad Actual is the Twitter account. And it's it's supposedly hosted by a Strong Bad puppet, which is wonderful. That is a delightful fact. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're going to be covering a wide range of the music here. Because they recently released the, uh, what they call the soundtrack, OSTs Volume 1, 2, and 3. However, we discovered that they were missing some, so we're going to jump all over the place with our music. That's no small feat either, because these three volumes comprise like something like 200 song tracks over you know, a 20-year career. Volume one is 60 tracks. It is 38 minutes long. That is like the most punk rock album I've ever heard. <laughs> and you go to their Spotify list, and you've got the three volumes, but then you've also got an entire album of you know, December ween songs, as they call them. Mm-hmm. And also an entire soundtrack for how to play the Trogdor the Burninator board game. Yes. They are deeply invested in making this music for this world. And it's amazing. And I love it. Mm-hmm. So now, how did you come to Homestar Runner? So I was, I was definitely in high school when I discovered it. I think a couple of my friends had tried to get me into it. And I kind of blew it off as like, oh, weird cartoons on a computer, whatever. But then uh, one day in my senior year, I went to my math class. I was the only senior in a math class full of juniors because I'll cop to it. I'm not very good at math. <laughs> Whatever. Same. That's why we have but a podcast now. Exactly. <laughs> so schools do senior skip day. Well, our school also does a junior skip day. And the day I walked into class, all of the juniors were gone. And it was just me and the teacher of the class. And he didn't remember that I was in, even in the class. So he was like, oh, shit, you're here. You're a senior? Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you just want to watch some cartoons on the TV? So he plugged his computer up to the TV, and we watched Strong Bad emails for an hour. That's amazing. That's a cool teacher. I bet he turned his chair around and straddled <laughs> it. Wore a ba- backwards mm-hmm. baseball cap. You can call me Paul. You don't have to call me Mr. Diesel. Paul Diesel, yes. <laughs> well, Libby, uh, where did you first encounter uh, Homestar Runner? I was in college. And I think probably my friend Beth showed it to me. And it became one of those things where everyone, you'd get up, you would watch them in your own room. And then whoever you ran into throughout the rest of the day, you talked about Homestar Runner. The closest I've ever come to having like a water cooler conversation. Because it was very much like, did you Mm, see Homestar Runner this morning? It was part of our daily life. Yeah, and when I finally got to college, that was very much my experience too. Like my friends and I were deeply invested in the new <laughs> home star of the day. And my friend Beth and I would talk in like cheat language, <laughs> which is something we still do. I'm pretty sure at her baby shower like at one point I went like Meh, and she went Meh. <laughs> That's adorable. I know. So, so. what what's your fa- of, of all of the sort of recurring running a series on the website. What's your what was your favorite? Oh jeez, um, because there's a ton of them. I would probably say um, I have a real soft spot for the cheat commandos, <laughs> but also the Halloween episodes because I loved costumes they came up with. Oh yeah, that was always a highlight for me too. The costumes are always so just like 
especially because they, they're still doing that now. That's like one of the few things they're still doing. Mm-hmm. So it's just a treat to see like 20 years on, what else are they going to pull out of the back of their brain to put Strong Sad in? Mm-hmm. You know? It's such a good series. It really is. <laughs> this is going to be the whole show, everybody. We're just going to be making these references back and forth. And you you have to be okay with that. But please, um, homestarrunner.com, if you want to go check them out, is the website still requires flash animation. But fortunately, they do have a YouTube pet channel, and they do have most of their videos on that channel. Or the Spotify playlist, so take your pick. So, um, well, where, where do we want to start tonight? The start is that we should all rise for the Strong Badia National Anthem. Come to the place where the tropical breezes blow. Come to the coolest place I know. The people are so great. But really there's only me And that means I'm so great And also there's the cheat Oh, there's the cheat And this is one of those things about the show that I love Where, you know, they first established that they had tried to build a Strombad statue And all this, they only got as far as putting a stop sign against a cinder block And then they turned that into the Strombadia sign in later cartoons and now there's a theme song and a flag, and it's just, they keep building it. It's great. And population tire. Population tire. And I love that they call, you know, cold ones are supposedly beers, but they keep it. And it's that the ones are always cold. So whatever your ones are, may they always be cold. Yes, because a one that is not cold <laughs> is hardly a one at all. And what's 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 so great about these, it, this one in particular, is just like, it's you can tell it's very like stream of consciousness. Like I can't imagine they actually wrote this out ahead of time. <laughs> Quality to it. So it's like, and oh, there's probably uh-huh. lots of chocolate. Listen, I, I want to live in any country where the flag is a snake in a tire holding a knife. And the, I guess because the people are so great, and if you were there, you'd be great too. So yeah, yeah, it sounds it's aspirational. pretty good. But they don't have coronavirus there. Because Strong Bad, the president, wears a mask. Exactly. So I don't want to hear it from people. Uh, the thing that, with this one, I always kind of thought, you know, having not listened to this in a while, that with Hamsar singing that last note, it actually is Strong Bad. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that comes from, you know, Matt Chapman doing pretty much all the voices. Like, he kind of weaves in and out of them pretty seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Badia National Anthem appears in Strong Bad email number 32, Flag Day. Where uh, someone wishes Strong Bad a happy Flag Day and... Asks him if he has an awesome flag for Strombadia, and he just launches straight into the national anthem from there. It's yes, because like, he has an awesome flag. And those are those are real emails people send him, right? I've always wondered that. I like to think so. I'm going to pretend they are. I hope they are because like some of them are just so small and weird, especially some of the later ones we might talk to talk about. But like, I can't imagine. I kind of can't imagine someone who would just crank out an email that just says "I love you" and just fire it off to Strombad. <laughs> But maybe I sent one to I sent one to Moltar, so I've done that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's to say we can all we can all email cartoon characters in our own time? Yeah, I think we should. You're going to email the cast of Scoob. Listen, Will Forte does not need my <laughs> shit right now. Okay. <laughs> like we said before, you know, a lot of the the really good ones are like the holiday themed cartoons, and the Halloween ones especially are always the gr- the greatest. So I want to take you to a, a Teen Girl Squad uh, song titled Decomposing Pumpkins. 
Yes. Let's take a listen to Decomposing yeah. Pumpkins. Decomposing Pumpkins, students that Pumpkins, because your mom did. Now give us good candy on Halloween, that Pumpkins. Used to look like something, but now it's something. Gonna shove it in your mouth. Decomposing Pumpkins, students that Pumpkins, because your mom did. Now give us good candy on Halloween, that Pumpkins. So, first of all, Teen Girl Squad is just like a, a, a side cartoon off of, you know, one of the many Homestar Runner running cartoon bits. It might be my favorite. That's the one my friends and I quoted at each other in college constantly. Yeah. Now, which one were you? Were you the the popular one or were you what's her face? Oh, I was sci- science fiction Greg. What are you talking about? <laughs> Open <laughs> source the, Greg. Honestly, the crew that I ran with really was the four Greg. <laughs> Science fiction Greg, D&D Greg, Japanese culture Greg, and open source Greg. We could have done the four Gregs theme song. Oh, man. But Teen Girl Squad, it's just, you know, cartoon stick figures of, of teen girls getting into wacky shenanigans. And every cartoon, they always wind up dying in some horrible, ridiculous fashion. And there is a rock band associated with Teen Girl Squad called Brain Krieg. And they have a song about... Trolling the neighborhood in their mom's Taurus wagon looking for decomposing pumpkins. And it's actually a pretty good little punk song. Yeah. And this was one that I didn't know. This must have been a later one, maybe after I stopped watching. Could be. Because I was quite delighted by this and feel like I need to add it to my Halloween playlist. Have you ever seen Ringwald and Molly? No. I'll send it over to you. But that, it, it kind of goes a little bit with it like that. And that was another early aughts. It wasn't flash animation, it was puppetry. But again, that oh, very okay. surreal video that came out sort of, uh, this might have been by the time they had YouTube. But again, keep in mind, Homestar Runner existed before YouTube. You had to go to homestarrunner.com every week. And it spread solely by word of mouth. They didn't do any advertising. Yeah, no. And like in the early 2000s, like flash animation was a huge thing that everybody was trying to do. And Homestar Runner just sort of rose to the top among above everything else so and they never sold out like those weird quiznos things oh the fucking sponge monkeys yeah i i am a 33 year old man i haven't seen a sponge monkey in like 15 years i hate that i know what they're called i hate that i remember that yeah no they were of equal they were like they were the wario of homestar runner Homestar Ooh. Runner was good, and they were evil, but they existed in the same surreal internet. That's true. Ooh, that's really true. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Well, my favorite part of this song is the bridge, where they're <laughs> listing off all of the things that are not candy. Yes. An apple is not candy. Nope. Gr- granola bars are not candy. Also true. Pretzels are not candy. No, they're not. Popcorn balls, not candy. Nope. If you give them to these kids... You'll get egged. Yep. A lot. And rightfully so. Or get a decomposing pumpkin stuck in your mailbox. Or just thrown in your face. (laughs) (laughs) The sad thing is the open source Greg thinks that he's the short kid referenced in this song. (laughs) But sadly, he is not. (laughs) But that's the another thing that I like about about this website is just what you just said a minute ago. You hadn't heard this before. Mm-hmm. This website is so huge. There are a whole section of it that you know neither one of us had ever encountered. And we're both obsessed with it. Yeah. That's how deep this well goes. And like, there's just so much 
so much there to enjoy. If you're like coming to it new, I envy you because you have so much ahead of you. And especially you're locked down. What else are you going to do? Yeah, really. And so much of it, so much of the music even is just, it's all over the map. They do pastiches and parodies of so many different genres and they kind of do it all really well. Yeah. Some of them, if I had any complaints, is that they're a little too short. They're like a verse and chorus and then that's it. Yeah. And I get why, because, you know, it's internet video. It's specifically it's flash videos and you don't want to make a video too long. Mm-hmm. But now in the age of YouTube, like you can do anything. I wish kind of wish they would flesh out some of those songs like this. one. Yeah. Well, this one's so, about as long as it needs to be. This one's pretty fleshed out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's <sighs> it's funny because you were limited to three minutes. Three to five minutes is the average length of a Homestar Runner cartoon. Mm-hmm. So the joke has to get in quick and get out. You can't right. drag it on. And especially like with some of these cartoons, you know, so much of the video is the setup to the joke. And then the joke song is just like 10 seconds and you're out. Yeah. It's amazing what, cons- what that constraint can do. So, so you have to get that hook. But if you get that hook, it's going to be in your brain for the next 20 years. Yep. And they're very good at writing those hooks. And you can probably already guess some of the songs we're going to talk about because they're all they're so deeply embedded in your brain. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you're going to be you're going to be singing along with them. I mean, yeah, forever. two two or three of these have legitimately become like internet famous, famous. Mm-hmm. And we're definitely going to talk about a couple of them. Yes. So. So take it away. Well, I was going to say let's Let's talk techno. Okay. We've, we've got two songs here. The next one we're going to talk about is The System is Down from Strong Bad Email number 45, Techno. Let's take a listen. <laughs> We talked a little bit about this when we talked about Cool World. I think we did, yeah. So, because this, as a parody of techno, is still better than anything Moby's ever written. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he, Strombeck gets the exact structure of how to build a techno song. And if you just follow that structure, you can make anything. I heard a techno song one time that went like, doom, 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 doom. And then this other part came in and it was like, and then there's always some kind of high-pitched noise, you know, or like a siren that's like, and of course they have to put in the obligatory old movie quote from some sci-fi movies like, the system is down, the system is down, the system is down, the system is down. Quick question. Did you ever throw a light switch rave? Oh, of course I did. How How could you not? Because the light switch is there for you to turn the lights on and off. Not so you can throw light switch raves. Well, I beg to differ. <laughs> Definitely in my dorm room. As, to show you how ubiquitous this is, I've had coworkers come into my office and flip the switch and do the light switch rave and <laughs> do the song. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's funny because uh, I did uh, Cool World on Record Saturday a few weeks ago. And in playing Moby's mm. Next is the E... This is all I could think about because it has those yeah, thousand layers on top. And then there's a weird sci-fi voice that goes, next is the E. Yep. It's like, yep. the system I remember that. is down. The system. And it, it's, it has to be, you know, a line from some old sci-fi movie. <laughs> the system is down. <laughs> <laughs> 
So now oh, this Lord. pairs well with another one that you have. Yes. This one, the next one I want to talk about comes from Strong Bad Email number nine, the cartoon titled I Love You. But uh, it just shows you how these things have kind of morphed and built themselves over time. So in the original I Love You cartoon, Strombed just gets an email and all it says is I love you signed and that's just a random string of letters. But then the first set of those letters, he kind of sounds out as Fuchla gods. <laughs> and from there, he takes that and builds an entire like dance pop techno song to the name Fahukwa Gods, and the song is called Everybody to the Limit. Let's take a listen. <laughs> Trying to play like you know me. I'm like, come on, Fahukwa Guys. You say, come on, Fahukwa Guys. Everybody to the limit. The cheat is to the limit. Everybody come on, Fahukwa Guys. I say, ooh, ah, Fahukwa Guys. I say, ooh, ah, Fahukwa Guys. Who's that Fahukwa Guys? I say, who is that Fahukwa Guys? Oh, come on, Fahukwa Gods. <laughs> I feel like I am to the limit. <laughs> I'm you're to Libby's to the limit, the cheats to the limit, <laughs> everybody to the limit. But what is what I think is brilliant about this song is that other people have taken this song and applied it to other pop songs, and it always works. Really? Yes. I'm gonna link you to one real quick, and, and I'll play. Okay, so I'll play a li- put a little bit of that in here because you guys, you people need to hear it. I'll put it in mm-hmm. the show notes. It's someone took. Uh, the uh, the Fahukwa God song, and then mash it up with the with Uptown Funk, and it layers perfectly. But it probably is Fahukwa Guys. I asked my friend Joe, I asked my friend Jake. They said it was Fahukwa Guys. I said, come on, Fahukwa Guys. I said, come on, Fahukwa Guys. Who said to the limit? Say me. I'm to the limit. Everybody come on, Fahukwa Guys. I'm never going to stop laughing at that. It's the best, isn't it? It's so good. <laughs> that massively improves on Bruno Mars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's going to be stuck in my head all day. And there's also a video out there. Someone did this same thing with uh, the entirety of Daft Punk's Random Access Memories. Also works perfectly. And again, that shows just how ubiquitous Homestar Runner is to our generation. That We would even hear that. Yeah, exactly. That's but- how deeply ingrained this is but also just like the the pop song craft is so good that it it works with just about anything yeah and they ended up working with a lot of other bands uh most notably da vinci's notebook yes and they might be giants who uh used uh strong bad videos or rather strong bad characters in their video for experimental film which is essentially a a homestar runner cartoon yeah, and I think one of the brothers even like directed a couple of their music videos. Mm-hmm. So they've they've definitely gotten in good with those guys. Yeah, experimental film is my favorite. They might be giants song. Mm, that's I think about one. it a lot. I've just started getting into like their like early couple of albums. So like mm-hmm. I'm I'm deep into that right now. Like <laughs> I'm I'm listening to Lincoln kind of constantly right now. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> But yeah, so everybody to the limit. Like again, it's one of the two or three Homestar songs that you ask any thirty-year-old, they will probably know that song. They could probably say "Come on, Fahukwa Gods" like right away. Mm-hmm. Probably, I hope. I yeah. See, they don't. Then they have basically failed at being an elder millennial. 
Right. Like 10 or 20 years ago, you could probably ask them and they'd all say, yeah, but I wonder how many have just, just plain forgotten about Homestar Runner. You think you've forgotten? But if you said to me, come on, Fahuka Gods, I would say, come on, Fahuka Gods, back to you. <laughs> it's like being in church, like, may Fahuka Gods be with you. And you say, and also with you. And holy crap, also with you. <laughs> I, know, I can tell you from experience, Fahuka Gods is a terrible uh, pub trivia team name. Oh, God. Because invariably, the host will look at that name, kind of cock his head a little bit, and just start calling your team fuckwads for the end of the, the rest of the night. Wow, everybody sucks there. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening, Yikes. I'm calling you out. I know you remember that. <laughs> well, uh, so let's move on. Libby, uh, what else do you have for us? I want to talk about the cheat. Okay. The cheat is actually part of my next two tracks. All right. And this one, we're going to talk about the cheat theme song. So, which is actually by The Skate Party, which is a band that never actually got around to putting out an album, as far as I can tell. But they wrote the cheat theme song, so let's take a listen and remember them. Let's go to the cheat. The cheat is in the house. Who's the man that looks like the cheat? The cheat. The cheat. Who's the one with yellow feet? The cheat. The cheat. Who's the dude that moves to the beat? The cheat. The cheat. Who's the guy from 21 Jump Street? Not the cheat. Now, see, this is one that I hadn't heard somehow. Really? Until we were, yeah, I just missed this one. Ah, but this is one of my favorites. But it's great. Like, I, I get it. I love it. No, what, no I, wonder you didn't get my 21 Jump Street joke. Yeah, no, I was like, what's got to be from something? <laughs> but yeah, like, where did this come from? This or... um. Techno song mm-hmm. were probably among the first episodes I ever saw. Because this one is one that I deeply, deeply remember and think about, again, all the time. Even sort of outside of the nebulous concept of Homestar Runner. Like, anytime I see 21 Jump Street, <laughs> like, just flipping channels or something, that line, like, who's the guy from 21 Jump Street? Not the cheat. <laughs> I think about that a lot. Now, I love the cheat. And... I I don't have any tattoos, but I feel like if I'd gotten a tattoo of the cheat, I would not regret it. That's a good one, yeah, because the the cheat is just so innocent and cute, like he's... but also snarky. Oh yeah, and terrible, and he's so he's you know short and yellow and strange looking, but there's something offbeat but iconic. <laughs> yeah, he's almost there's a little bit like Chester Cheetah meets Garfield kind of in him in that design. Yeah. And it's just cute but off putting. And the thing is, if you see somebody with a strong bad tattoo, you're like, okay, you were on the internet in two thousand three. Good for you. Strong bad's the hero. But the cheat steals the show. If you saw someone with a cheat tattoo, you'd be like, that's cool. Okay. I've got a better analogy. The okay. cheat is evil Snoopy. That's fair. Like he's really not evil like but because come on, but yeah. Yeah. He's he's naughty. He's he little... sleeps in the crisper drawer. <laughs> one of my favorite Homestar cartoons is because one of the things that they do is cartoons that are called they're powered by the cheat and they're supposed to they're animated to look like the cheat animated them himself on his computer, which he did with this video. Yeah, he did with the video. But there's one where it's the, the one where he gets all the trophies. Yes, here the cheat have a favorite. trophy. <laughs> here the cheat have a trophy. Meow. 
<laughs> Here, the cheat, have another trophy. Here, the tort, have a trophy. Three trophies for the tort. Again, that's something that I just like will pop into my head. Like, here, the chort, have a trophy. Three trophies like, for Z the chort. Coach Z calls chort. him the chort. Yeah. There's actually, uh, there is a Coach Z who teaches at the high school here. Really? And every time I see his name come up, I just, <laughs> I can't help but laugh. It's Coach Z-E-H, Coach Z. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. He is, he does not wear a green jumpsuit. And is not obsessed with Flava Flav. Well, that's just a shame. I imagine. I, know, I imagine, like fifteen years ago, he he got tormented by kids at that school. I wish he was my gym coach. Oh yeah, because I would have absolutely been all up in that. Hey, Libby, you did a great <laughs> jar. Here, Libby, have a trophy. <laughs> oh, poor Coach Z. Yes, but yeah. So the cheat. Uh, the cheat is my favorite. I sort of went as a very quickly thrown together the cheat mm-hmm. one year for Purim at Binghamton University. I had this yellow dress, so I sewed black patches all over it. It was sort of the cheat, but make it fashion. Ah, nice. Yeah. Nobody knew who I was, but I didn't give a shit. Cheat print. Uh, I love it. Yeah, because you had to wear a costume to get into the Purim carnival, and I just really, really wanted those hamantaschen. Mm. Hamantaschen are the greatest cookie in the world. It's like picture a thumbprint cookie, but it's the size of your hand, and okay. it's also made of shortbread. I uh, to quote Coach C, I am into this. <laughs> but yeah, there's picture. There, I'll have to find a picture of me in my weird the cheat costume. All right, I, yeah, we'll post that on online. Yes. So, have you ever gone as a Homestar Runner character for Halloween? It, no, I don't think I ever have. I definitely never have, but I don't think I ever wanted to either. I did have a friend, my friend, Mark Kessler. Mark, if you're listening, he showed up as Homestar. Oh. So he had uh, <laughs> uh, his arms inside his shirt, red shirt with a star on it. That's great. And white pants. Yep. Oh, that's great. <laughs> he's got children now. I wonder if he uh, if he's shown them Homestar Runner. I, I, I hope so. Like, this is actually, hope- this would be a great cartoon to, like, get kids on, too. Yeah. Because, again, it's it's family-friendly while being sort of, again, surreal and weird. Right. I feel like we were raised with a lot of really surreal cartoons, which probably explains our attraction to this. Maybe. And I think we were like the last generation to really care about things like Looney Tunes and that style of cartoons in general. Mm-hmm. Because now it's all like, what what cartoons are kids watching now? I don't, uh, uh, Paw Patrol? Are, are all the kids watching Paw Patrol? I don't know. Neither of us have children. No, um, I think they're just watching Frozen over and over and over and over and over. That makes sense. We went and visited uh, some friends of mine from college. They have twins. They're the sweetest kids. They watched Frozen twice while we were there. Well, hey, speaking of Coach C, I kind of want to take things a little bit uh, more current in the Homestar timeline. Because the, the cheat theme song comes from way back in 2002, which is probably mm-hmm. why I missed it. But then, <laughs> but then this one, uh, Fish Eye Lens, comes from, I think it's 2014, 15? It's fairly really? recent. Really? Yeah. Okay. No wonder I hadn't seen it. I was married by then. <laughs> yeah, okay. 2014. It came out at a time when they had basically um, sort of halted production on Homestar Runner because Matt and Mike decided to get married, have kids, go find you know gainful employment. And P. 
periodically they would update with, you know, a, a little thing here or there, mostly for Halloween or Christmas or something or other. But then randomly one day on 2014, Fisheye Lens just popped up on YouTube and it's a real legit thing. And I remember asking like my friends like, hey, have y'all, did y'all see the brand new Homestar Runner cartoon? And they said, what is this, 2004? What are you talking about? Yikes. And I said, Ouch. fuck you, Homestar Runner's back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Fisheye Lens is a parody of rap songs and videos wrapped uh, so, by Coach Z and Strong Bad. So here, let's take a listen. Just put the camera on the ground and aim it up. My kicks look huge and my crew looks tough. We got bulbous hands. And bulbous feet. I turn your back to the camera. Shake, shake those bulbous cheeks. Oh, look at that. I've got a considerable rear shelf. That makes me uncomfortable. I bought a fish eye lens. I make a rap video with a couple of friends. It goes wow, So uh, my husband is a photographer and he actually do, does use a fish eye lens to the point where mm-hmm. I... As in the video, my boss made him stop. <laughs> oh, because his rap points were just too cool? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> my favorite part of this is when Coach Z has the giant butt. And <laughs> he's like, this makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> that makes me uncomfortable. I, but I, I love that this is basically like an instructional video on how to make a rap video. Because <laughs> it's, it's pretty spot on. Yeah, for especially again, 2014. Yeah. So they all kind of looked like that. Yeah. And it's all, yeah, it's like very, an old school style of video, but the the right people are this audience, us, we remember those videos so well. <laughs> and just, yeah, it's really quite simple. You put, just put the camera on the ground and you aim it up. That's all you do. Yeah. <laughs> so your shoes look big, your hands look bulbous, <laughs> jump off a curb without a skateboard and it looks cool. I bet that, I bet that could make anything look cool. And it's neat because you realize when they do want to write a full-length song, they can actually write a pretty funny one. Yeah. I mean, so. I'm surprised they never, like, worked with Weird Al at any point because it's it's kind of on that level mm-hmm. of, of sort of just songcraft and parody. Yes, I agree. Yeah, anything else on this one? There's the, There's that weird ending where Homestar comes in and fucks the whole thing up. Yes, which is classic Homestar. By turning the song into a Dixieland jazz band. <laughs> it's got so many syncopations. I know. Oh. And that, that, I think, goes back to the... Just like the pure innocence it, of the whole thing. Yes, and also that there is a a tradition of, quote-unquote, like old-timey cartoons. Yeah. And we see that in the Ballad of the Sneak, which we're not going to get a chance to talk about. Um, but again, it's the old timey Strong Bad, mm-hmm. and so I think that feels like a reference to something more like that. Right? Yeah, like the the old school like nineteen twenties cartoons, and even that mm-hmm. like that has its own like subsection, and there's a whole series of cartoons just to, just dedicated to that. Yeah, this is a this is just an amazing body of work we're working with here. It's so mm-hmm. it's so good. We can't even get into the we can't really plumb the depths that plumb the depths of it. No, no. It goes far too, too deep. much for one podcast to do to do it justice. We honestly we could do a whole podcast just on Homestar Runner. We really could. We shouldn't. We but should. We could. <laughs> so now speaking of sort of side stories, let's talk about the Cheat Commandos. Oh boy, with the Cheat Commandos theme song. 
Cheat commandos may be fighting for freedom, and each is sold separately. Cheat commandos are probably battling evil by all our play sets and toys. Now, I have a funny story about this. My friend Beth, the introducer of Homestar, had a baby a little while ago. And I had never been able to buy Beth the Kick the Cheat plush that was available very briefly because it sold out immediately. So I thought, well, I'm going to try to find one for the baby. I couldn't. They're like $400 on eBay. I'm really surprised they haven't remade them because they would sell out instantly. But I did find on on HomestarRunner.com, they still have a merch section. And they do, yes, they do. And I bought some cheat commandos toys because I wanted her to have something of her mom's college years. They are too small for her to play with now because she will choke on them. But when she's a little older, she will have some cheat commandos. Now, the cheat commandos are like a G.I. Joe parody, Mm -hmm. and they are let me find them Gunhaver, who has a styling coat, Firebird. It was just not a good commando name. Silent Rip has two pockets. Krakatosh <laughs> listens to jazz. Fightgar is not the most popular. Reynolds has a fake tie. Uh, reinforcements is the one that Coach Z bought. Foxface totally has it together. Ripburger is not wearing pajamas. And Flash Fight is in charge of stuff. And they fought Blue Laser. Uh, and again, like a G.I. Joe parody. At one point, uh, Blue Laser wanted to blow up the ocean, which actually happened in a G.I. Joe cartoon. Oh, my Cobra God. Cobra wanted to turn the oceans into explosives. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. But also, <laughs> I get it. I believe it. Yeah. It makes, it makes sense. Honestly, our president's going to probably try to blow up the ocean. So just to distract from the fact that he's killed 90,000 people. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> the truth. So, uh, and of course, the cheat commandos are all just the cheat, but with that pajamas and probably from Texas. Yeah, probably from Texas. <laughs> so, and their theme song ends with the line, buy all our play sets and toys, which is one of those little ditties that again got stuck in my head because after I bought the cheat commandos for the baby, I went back and watched a bunch of episodes of them and realized how much of that was still ingrained in me, including how blue laser says, I hate you guys so much. (laughs) Like his, his high pitched voice. I use that to this day. Oh my God. And it's amazing. Because it's not like, oh, I'm going to reference Homestar Runner. It just becomes part of your lexicon. Yeah, it's just like a turn of phrase that's just too good not to use. Yeah, but you don't use it in hopes that someone will be like, well, that's from Cheat Commandos. It just, it becomes a part of how you speak. Right, you say it because you feel it. Not not because you want people to know, I'm a guy who watches Homestar Runner. Yeah, and it's, that's one of my favorite things about the language of pop culture is how it could sort of be internalized and then utilized like that. And Mm -hmm. we don't want to be 
entirely like Ready Player One, where everything has to be pop culture and self-referential. When you have something like that, a little turn of phrase or an in-joke, it eventually takes on a life of its own. It becomes part of you no longer belonging to the TV show or the movie or the comic that you stole it from. And to me, that's the best part is when right. you, you, your lexicon gets made up of all these weird pieces put together that you might not even remember the origins of. It just becomes something you say. Exactly. And like I've, I've said no probalo to Nikki enough times at this point that she doesn't even question it anymore. She just knows I'm saying no problem in a stupid way. <laughs> so she's just like, she, it, just, it doesn't even register to her anymore. She's just like, oh, that's just him saying things that he says. Yeah, my husband does but that she gets too. It. <laughs> so, and like I said, we use Jorb oh, without yeah. even thinking about it. Great Jorb. <laughs> But the, and also with the Chi Commandos theme song, I see the Chi Commandos was not something I watched on the Homestar website before. But I knew the song because they've used the song elsewhere. Mm-hmm. There's a Teen Girl Squad episode where they introduce a preschool teacher that's like a a, a, a prehistoric dinosaur <laughs> named named Mrs. Commanderson, and <laughs> Mrs. Commanderson's theme song is the Chi Commandos theme song. <laughs> I like that the, the the lyric is they're probably battling evil. <laughs> yeah, we don't know for sure. They're, I guess they're probably doing it. They're probably <laughs> battling evil. <laughs> so I did, in <laughs> fact, buy all their playsets and toys. So I feel I, I followed. I'm jealous. Yeah, I followed the command. Did you ever own a oh Homestar Runner t-shirt or any of the ephemera? No, I never did. But I did buy my friend Brad a uh, a Homestar coffee mug at one point. Brad. Brad. Yeah, for his birthday, I bought him a Homestar mug. It's just Homestar for reference, is like a melted, half-formed version of Homestar that just says random things that have no meaning. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Homestar just kind of warbled out, I was raised by a cup of coffee. <laughs> and I they put that, that on a coffee mug, and I bought it for Brad, <laughs> because Brad loves Homestar. <laughs> Brad. He, he constantly tells me that's his favorite possession. I feel like I would drink out of that coffee mug every day. Raised by a cup of coffee. <laughs> Like, it's so nonsensical, but also, like, how many people do you know that just, like, live that every day? Yeah, I know. I do. Right now, my yeah. favorite coffee mug came from my friend Heather, and it has the goose on it holding a knife, and it says, be goose, do crimes. Oh, that's perfect. I, I love, love it. I love it. Uh, well, moving on, uh, let's see here. Uh, let's go to Teen Girl Squad number 15, which is the Teen Girl Squad episode where they go to the prom, and at the prom, uh, they couldn't afford to hire... R&B singer Tenerent's love to perform. So instead, he sent a cardboard <laughs> cutout to perform for him. <laughs> and we get to hear the song Light Purple Cummerbund. Let's take a listen. Light Purple Cummerbund You know you're my only one Don't need no date to the prom Cause I got a Light Purple Cummerbund on Thug Champman at the club Rhyming about a light purple cummerbund It fits up on my abdomen like a glove PCP rhyming with a cardboard cutout up to me Did you wear a like, purple cummerbund to your prom? I didn't go to my prom. Oh, any reason? <gasps> yeah. Uh, my, I think I've told this story, this sad sob story on the show before. Uh, the junior prom, all of my friends and I said, fuck the junior prom, let's go see X-Men 2. And then the senior prom, I asked a girl to go with me. She said yes. And then the next day, she, she said, actually, no. Oh. 
and I was too sad and embarrassed, and I didn't go to the prom. That's sad. Yeah. I didn't go to my senior prom either. I went to a friend's. And he... See, that's probably a better prom. Well, uh... oh, Oh, you went to a friend's prom, but not yours. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, okay. My junior prom was a nightmare, and then my senior prom, like I said, I didn't go to senior. I went to a friend's junior prom. He went to a high school of about 20 people, so it was like an in-the-gym kind of prom. It was fun, Ooh. I guess. But afterwards, like he tried to kiss me, and I was like, this is awkward. I was like, I have a boyfriend. You know that. It was, it was, I mean, we were still friends, but it was just super awkward. I did find out later, though, that, that my senior prom was a nightmare because they overbooked the venue and there were too many people. Oh, no. So it was just not fun for anybody. Oh, no. So, so we'll talk about Light Purple Cummerbund. So Light, Light Purple Cummerbund is just, it's a song about what guys wear at the prom. And that cummerbund, which is the thing I've only ever heard of at proms or weddings, it's like the thing that you put around the waist to kind of hide, I guess it's to hide the belt area. I don't really know what a cummerbund is. I wore I've one. Had... I think mine, actually, I did wear a purple cummerbund. It was royal purple, and I was in show choir, so. Oh, so you have more experience with this than I do. I do have experience with a light purple cummerbund. Mm. It matched my top hat. That is a lovely image. No, it is not. It's really <laughs> embarrassing. It's. I feel weird saying like show choir is bad because actually my much beloved director of show choir uh, passed away very suddenly in December, mm-hmm. and uh, God rest your soul, Mrs. Whitney. But I look back on show choir and cringe. Yikes! Forever. Yeah, that was not good. But um, do you know how to wear a cummerbund? Mm, I know the I, I, the opening. My abdomen like a glove. <laughs> No, you wear it so that uh, the pleats are pointed up, so that okay. uh, we always call them crumb catchers, so that any crumbs would catch. Uh, uh, yep. Because you definitely want to be eating when you wear this. Well, yeah, because you're probably someplace that you don't want to be, prom, a wedding, or show choir, and so you're going to be stuffing your face with things which are probably not candy, so pretzels, granola bars. So what you're saying is it's a fancy bib? Uh, Yeah. Essentially, it's an ugly belt or a fancy bib. It's an ugly belt that is also a bib. Like they don't want to just come right out and say it's a fanny pack, but it's a fanny pack. It kind of is, but you can't put anything cool in it. Like I guess you could put arcade tokens. You, yeah, you can or put a quarter to call the... your mom after show choir practice. <laughs> come pick me up, please. My cummerbund is full <laughs> of all the crumbs of all the food I ate, of all the snacks backstage. <laughs> Well, okay, so the, there's two parts to this little song. This is a very short one. But so the first part is the cardboard cutout of Tenerent's love. He's kind of like a CeeLo Green sort of character, though not as icky because he's not real. <laughs> Just singing about a light purple cummerbund. And then featured on the song is a rapper named PCP, who is basically a parody of Snoop Dogg. And <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's just, it's such a a silly parody of R&B songs where like what? Okay. I got it. What I love about this is just how like shamelessly self-referential it is because like, uh, Tenerent's love is just singing about a light purple cummerbund and then Tenerent and then PCP is just singing about how he's a guest on this song. <laughs> and that's, and that's all PCP ever does to the point where, uh, one of his jokes is I'm a, I'm a guest on my own album. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all biscuit heads. <laughs> But yeah, just, he shows up on a couple tracks on um, throughout this album. He yeah, sings he, with Coach Z. 
He does, yeah. One of the one of the girls in Teen Girl Squad is a huge fan of PCP, and they definitely make a joke out of that mm-hmm. little turn of phrase. <laughs> but then um, PCP drops that little nug- nugget of wisdom at the end, <laughs> where he, he tells dudes to you know, re- return the tux by ten a.m. the next day, or else they'll charge you like five hundred dollars or something. <laughs> it's oh, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's awkward. It's jokey. And it's like kind of random for the sake of being random, but it's also just it gets the essence of what like a a, a a soul song is and a song that you would hear at the prom is. And it's just so it's just background noise for the entire cartoon. But then when you hear the song, it's like, what the fuck are we listening to? Why are we here listening to this? Yeah, although I wish that's what you heard at the prom, because I'm pretty sure they play Don't Want to Miss a Thing at our prom. Mm. Did they have a cardboard cutout of Aerosmith? <laughs> I don't know. Remember, I didn't go to my senior prom. Oh, well, they you probably you, did. You would have heard about that. That seems like a big deal. <laughs> Nobody Steven Tyler to me doesn't about nothing. Steven Tyler doesn't just rent out his cardboard cutouts for anybody. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Again, I love the Teen Girl Squad stuff because it's just so the parody of high school life is so like laser focused and on point that <laughs> I I feel it and it mm-hmm. I connect with it even though I didn't go to the prom myself. I was probably the ugly one. <laughs> I was definitely a what's-her-face, <laughs> even though I am also definitely science fiction Greg. <laughs> but it makes sense because those two apparently dated in that universe. Oh, so. <laughs> You're dating yourself. I am the sad love child of, of what's-her-face and <laughs> science fiction Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's true. Oh, no. <laughs> we discovered something sad on this podcast. Yikes. <laughs> but then... Uh, well, speaking of, of of sad and miserable, I'm going to move on to my final pick before I let Libby have hers, because Libby's kind of takes precedent over mine. It's really all but our other, final pick. It really is. I mean, I I, I, to, I totally agree. I'm not saying that hers is better than mine. I'm just saying hers is the best. Yes. But my final pick uh, for this episode, there's a uh, battle of the bands that we haven't really talked about yet. And there's two different bands that, that kind of weave in and out of the Homestar cartoons. One of them is a glam metal parody called Limousine. Libby, can you tell us a little bit about Limousine? Oh, boy. Um, so Limousine is uh, Strong Bad's favorite hair metal band uh, to the point where he has an autographed picture of its members. Now, unlike anything else in the Homestar Runner universe, they actually did appear as humans. So, oh, really? Where? Why um, do they do that? I I don't remember what episode, but like if you pull up like the Wikipedia page, like they're actually oh. humans. Oh, I thought you meant like they actually appeared elsewhere. No, like, no, in human no. Form, like in the cartoon as. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. So, like oh, no, so yeah, sorry. Uh, limousine actually appears as humans. They are played by the brothers Chaps and their friends, but all in like glam rock. 80s wigs and fashions mm-hmm. so um they have actually appeared uh in guitar hero so yes uh, <laughs> a, a couple of, of homestar tracks have appeared in, yeah. in guitar hero but we'll get to the mm-hmm. other one later um so they have a lot of songs well, including uh mm-hmm. the cheat is not dead which is another favorite <laughs> um Night Mamas, 
uh, pressed Budson, we don't really care about you, and uh, moving very slowly, which is my favorite limousine song. Oh, so nice. They have also performed Everybody to the Limit. Of course, <laughs> of course. But then the, the antithesis of limousine is an indie rock band named Sloshy, which is Strong Sad's favorite rock band. And the song that I want to highlight today or right here is a song that they released for Record Store Day in a cartoon on HomestarRunner.com called Record Store Day. This is the beest of <laughs> B-sides. Good lag of the in-store, of the in-store, yeah. This is the beest of B-sides. I hope you had to wait in a long line. We're never gonna play the song live. This is the beast of B-sides. Because again, this might—I think this was a f- more recent Homestar mm-hmm. edition. Because like, uh, once the heyday kind of came and went, I still kept up with it, and I still kind of waited patiently for the next one to did drop. Did you just check every week? I kind of did. Oh, that's beautiful, man. You know, you gotta you gotta keep it keep it alive. Yeah, this yeah. one comes from 2015. Wow. <laughs> I'm picking some really uh, the the deep cuts, the later cuts, I mm-hmm. guess. But uh, so Sloshy, yeah, they're kind of the antithesis of Limousine. They're a, a, a sad uh, indie rock band that has broken up dozens of times. I gotta say, I deeply feel uh, strong bad. Or sorry, I deeply feel strong sad in this instance. So I don't really do Record Store Day because the ones closest to me that do it are an hour away. Oh, yeah. But I, I do know that feeling of, you know, wanting those weird rarities and besides i would never pay four hundred dollars for an album but mostly because i feel like if you pay that much for a record you're never gonna play it and then what's the point that's true but there is a a fontanelle's seven inch fontanelle's were the band in hobgoblins (laughs) it is it's 50 bucks i found it on discogs it's like three songs including kiss kicker from hobgoblins and i want it so badly but i'm like i don't know if i can fork over 50 bucks for a a seven inch. I just don't know if I can do that. So I think the most expensive uh, record store day, anything I've ever bought was uh, a seven inch. It was like a, a two sided single. One had the Bee Gees version of, uh, I started a joke nice. and the, the B side had the faith. No more version of I started a joke. And it's really hard for me to decide which one I like it better, but they're both great. How much did you pay for it? About $15. Okay. The it most I ever spent... Definitely too much. Yeah. I spent uh, 25 each for the Forbidden Zone soundtrack. Ooh, all right. I yes, like it. Yes. It's on green vinyl. And uh, Tori Amos, Why Can't Tori Read, uh, which was a reissue of her, I guess, technically first album. And I didn't pick them up. My friend Adam went and got them for me in Chicago and then mailed them to me. But that, yeah, that was probably the most I'd ever paid for for a release it's mm. nice because actually those i think were the only two records or day releases i've ever paid for uh my friend leah sent me the vapors turning japanese with the b-sides talk talk and here comes the judge uh that was a gift um my friend oh god i'm blanking on his name um okay i had another friend send me hold me throw me kiss me kill me ah nice 
Um, and then uh, my friend Michael Sharp sent me Everyone's Playing House by Elvis Costello and the Imposters. <laughs> so I, I got record record store guys that spoil me. Actually, I think the Streets of Rage soundtrack that you sent me for Christmas might be the most yeah. expensive record I own. Maybe because that's like a that wasn't a record store day, but that was definitely a like a special pressing that uh, Mondo did yeah. a few years ago. So thank you very much for that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I mean, with the exception of box sets, which I've got the cheap Christmas box set, which I think was a hundred, uh, and the magnetic fields, which was like eighty something. Mm-hmm. Those are probably my most expensive albums. Yeah. So well, so this song again, this is very self-referential. It's very you know the the band is basically exp- describing uh, the 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 concept of a B side, the concept of like a rare import. This song is exclusive. It's a UK exclusive. Uh, direct from it's, japan it's it's a, a bootleg of our in-store concert yeah <laughs> and like the, the video is great too because it, it's just uh sloshy album covers you know coming at you in in whose sort of, baby is this whose baby is this the worst fonts ep <laughs> but all of the pictures are like the brothers chap like like family photos and i think that's adorable that's really sweet i'm um, i it's funny because like this sound, like I understand it's a parody, but this yeah. sound is so real and it's a sound I wish I liked, but don't. It's so, like this is yeah, terrible. it's so close to something I would probably really listen to, but it's no, just it's... like, I, I hate it. I just hate it a little bit, you know, <laughs> but I like that it's, again, it's like that Weird Al parody, like they nail it so close, Yeah, you know, like but, I love it as a parody. So, and I actually, I like the idea of Record Store Day. Because I like the idea of people getting into record store days or getting oh, yeah. into record stores. But I generally find record store day releases to be gimmicky and overpriced. Mm. I, I, and the I fact that he pays $400 on sale for a B-side. Is it 2D printed? <laughs> There's no A-side. The A-side doesn't even exist. Uh, and I love just that weird bridge in the song where they're just saying, like, this part has piano. We never play piano. I'm playing piano. I'm actually playing this piano. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck. It's like, it's like, I, I guess they're parodying, like, who specifically is this? You would, you would probably be able to I don't, me. just because I don't listen to this kind of music. Um, it is, it, it reminds me a little bit of the Winona Riders, but it's basically every mumblecore band. Mm, yeah from 2003 basically yeah and i think the uh i think the web the the host runner wiki says it's like a parody of like pavement yeah which i which kind of tracks but i don't know pavement enough to say yeah that's true or not mm-hmm. but uh yeah like th- I, I again i love that they're so versatile that they can parody you know an indie rock band they can parody techno songs they can do rap they can do all these different things and it always it's always funny yeah. They're so, so good. But then I guess, you know, to wrap things up, we have to really talk about the, uh, the S-shaped dragon in the room, Libby. Mm-hmm. So go for it. It would not be a Homestar Runner episode if we did not talk about Trogdor the Burninator. Let's go to a clip. Trogdor! 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 
dragon man. Uh, I mean, just a dragon. Uh, but he was still Trogdor! Bernadette dig the countryside. <laughs> now, this song is probably the most recognizable. Yeah. Of the of Homestar Runner. People who don't even know Homestar Runner know this. Limousine also covered this song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about a man. Sorry. Nope. A dragon man. Nope. Sorry. Just a dragon. Yeah, just a dragon. <laughs> and he goes around burninating the countryside. Now, this comes from the episode uh, Strong Bad email number 58, Dragon, where somebody asks him to draw a dragon. And he draws a Trogdor. Now, uh, according to this episode's commentary, there wasn't actually supposed to be a song, but Matt Chapman just started singing this. <laughs> so, the, Sometimes inspiration just hits you and you have yes, to run with it. Which I think uh, contributes to some of the kind of random lyrics of it. Yeah. So, um, again, the phrase burninating. It's yeah, it's such a a beautiful little turn of phrase for a like a crappy fantasy mm-hmm. thing. The Burnination, yeah. I I the only piece of Homestar Runner merchandise I owned, my sister bought me a Trogdor sweatshirt, which I wore on a date with my friend Mike. I do not know what became of it, but mm. I do remember I uh, wearing it. Mike's favorite song is Ballad of the Sneak. So, yes, we bonded over Homestar just the way we all did in 2004. The only uh, piece of Homestar merchandise I own is I do own a copy of the Trogdor board game. Oh, how is it? However, I don't have any friends to play it with, so I can't answer that question. That is how I feel about every board game. I do not have have friends. I have a board game collection. I don't have friends to play board games with. (laughs) Come visit me and we'll play Trogdor. Now, did you ever play uh, the Trogdor game? I have, I don't know how far I've gotten in it, but it is extremely fun stomping on peasants and burninating their cottages. I think I got, I got further than any of my friends. I think at one point I got to like level 50 or something or close oh to it. Yeah. I yeah, was extremely like some of, good at Trogdor. Some of their games you can just play forever and they're kind of weirdly addicting. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the whole website in a nutshell. It's yeah. weirdly addicting. Yup. We're still stuck on it. <laughs> all these <laughs> years all... later. Now there, you said there's a second game there there is a second game it's called peasant's quest how do you play and that it's, it's it's basically like a, a king's quest kind of parody where you're run, you're walking around a, a map you're do it's like an adventure game where you solve puzzles and collect things and trade them for other things all in the hopes of getting to the top of the mountain to fight trogdor i've seen walkthroughs and stuff where to to reach the top of the mountain to talk to to fight trogdor you have to smell like a peasant you have to like cover yourself in like mud and just dirt and stuff you have to look like a peasant and put on like a uh, find a robe to put on and then third you have to be on fire like a peasant so you also have to like find a way to set yourself on fire before you're allowed to climb the mountain (laughs) but they actually made like a a live action like movie trailer for the peasants quest game that's amazing starring matt chapman and um lucky yates from the archer cartoon series and it's actually really good it's Mm -hmm. 
Might be my favorite Homestar thing is the Peasant's Quest movie trailer. Okay. I would love to see that. That's I'll, really I'll send funny. that one to you. <laughs> but yeah, Trogdor is just, it's ubiquitous. Like, mm-hmm. it, like we said, he's appeared in uh, Guitar Hero games where you play the, the Trogdor song. He's... It's got a pretty sweet riff. It's, it is. It's pretty sick. People dress up as Trogdor. They actually referenced it in the April Fool's episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, as one of the uh, fake products was a big beefy arm backpack. Oh, wow. I need that. <laughs> I wish it was real. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to send you this trailer. And I think, uh, I guess that's going to have to do it. Because unless we have any, any final thoughts about Trogdor or Homestar Runner. No, I think that is it. Uh, well, Libby, next time on the show, we are going back in time a little bit. No, back in time a lot. Uh, next week on the show, we are discussing Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Whoa. It's going to be a most non-heinous occasion. So, well, I guess there's only <laughs> one thing we can say. San Dimas High School football rules! Yeah! Woo! <laughs> Party on, dudes. <laughs> oh, Libby, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Libby Cudmore. You can find me on Instagram at record underscore Saturday. You can listen to me over at the Shattered Shield podcast where we're finishing up season five. It's about to get grim. Joe, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at Cordial Wombat or you can find me on the Christmas Creeps podcast at Christmas Creeps. Uh, we are, are we're running up to our 100th episode and we've oh, wow. just decided... We're, I haven't watched it yet, but I can guarantee you it's the worst thing we will have ever watched. Ooh, this is going to be a good one. Yes. So look out for that uh, very soon. But until next time, friends, I've been Joseph Wade. And I'm Libby Cudmore. Buy the ticket. Take the ride. Libby, this is the greatest podcast in the whole world. Have a trophy.